fear had swallowed me. All I could do was stand still, repeatedly praying that whatever was behind me would disappear. That's when I heard it. Sometimes I think we broke this town, you know? Like Piggy took this town down the tubes with her. <laughs> Remember Piggy? It's kind of hard to forget. God, what a bitch. Oh, yes. Oh, you're correct, and you're Isn't a sob. Isn't that Spanish? You're a sob. I'm not a sob! <laughs> I don't even know why it's bad to be a sob! Welcome to episode 39 of Ghost Hunts. GH, GH. Ghost Hunts, Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G. Okay, give me a G. Ghost hunts, ghost hunts, ghost hunts. Give me a G. Give me a what G? Can you. Go on then, what do you want me to do? Give me a G. G. Give me an H. H. Give me a ghost. Ghost. Give me a Huns. Huns. Okay, that was uh, about 2% energy. Uh, I'm not going to hire you as a cheerleader anytime well, soon. Well, do you know what? Right, I need a wine and I need a cigarette. Hmm. Um, shall we jump right in? Because obviously we were all caught up. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to oh, choose. I've got an itch I've got an itch here. What does that mean? Ooh. Someone's talking about you. Someone's really talking about you. Is that you. what it is? Yeah. Oh, I oh, hope it's like someone's my like, Hannah. boyfriend oh. telling everyone how much he loves me. <laughs> no, it's something bad. Okay. Isn't something it? Really you know, is your nose, you're going to have an argument. Um, nose. That's a good point, actually. I think it is. Okay, no one cares. Are you ready <laughs> to pick a tattoo? Can I pick yeah. some of your uh, Vaselini? Vaselini. Yeah, go for yeah, it. Thank you. As long as you're not riddled with anything. I'm just going to do one. Yeah, fine. Thank you very much. Oh, it's good. It's good foley art. That's like a thing. little um, hockey puck, isn't it? You know those. Um, one, yeah. Did you, you used to go to those hockey. arcades? Yeah, I love it. I've recently played air hockey. Oh, I love it. With the little so pucks good. and you yeah, like hit I get them. really competitive. And then there's a bowling. It's actually very good exercise because you're like, you get very excited yeah. about it. You're caught. Tenses. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I've had too much water. Um, what am I like? I'm say why. I'll have too much. Um, I don't like bowling. I'll put it out there. Oh, I bowling. Like a bit of bowling. No, it can get in the bin. I I can, I can be quite good at it. I do the old kick of the leg behind. You know what I mean? I want some of this now. It's nice, isn't it? It is a nice Vaseline. Oh, I love a bit of rose Vaseline. The problem for me is it doesn't stay on long enough. It's a bit annoying. Anyway, this is boring podcasting. Shall I get the tarot? Um, it's time for the tarot. Okay. Get the tarot. Let's set the tone. Get the tarot. Get the tarot. Okay. This one has to be this one. Okay. What was it that drew you to that card? Um, I just saw it and I knew. Oh. Do you ever just... You just know, don't you? No. Yeah, you do. It gives you a vibe. I feel like I put on too much. (gasps) It is. Oh, my God. Okay. There's a bloke lying down with his hands in prayer position and three swords dangling over his head. Oh, that can't be good. Great. I think we've had... Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Right. Tell me what the three of swords is. Um, It's that one. Oh, my God. That looks It doesn't look great. He looks very dead. He's also lying on a sword, so... I think it's three of swords. We've had something like this. But we've not had that one before. What is it? Jesus, I'm glad it's not that one. Okay. What does it mean, Hannah? Okay. So. Jesus, what is it? The four resembles a moment of rest. Is it four? Yes, four, because he's under one. 
Ah, right. And it's the exact same picture. Yeah, yeah, that gives it away. The four resembles a moment of rest and contemplation after the chaos of the three. It encourages solitary reflection. Now, the three is something you do not want because the three is a sign of heartbreak or grief. It is important to remember that it is only temporary in a normal part of life. I, I don't think I've... Well, we haven't had three, but what it's saying... I like that. It's saying... Um, I haven't experienced anything... But we've had a bit of a chaos before recording this. What, and pissed? Uh, what? What, being pissed last night, you mean, hungover? No, as in, like, recording a previous episode. And oh, now that was... And now it's saying this is a more contemplative episode. I don't think it's going to be that. No, be I do. I think, I think the, the power of the Himalayan is with us. I think this is going to be a very... Like solitude. Oh my god, I'm actually really excited for this. Yeah, I, I really be... like it's like a moment of peace after some mad shit. Okay. Well And I'm going to um kick us off with a quite contemplative story. Hit me. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Mm. Let's get ready, ready, let's get ready, ready, let's get ready to podcast. My husband called me a Volvo. Sorry, excuse me. You are. Sorry, you fucking excuse heard. me, madam. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, please? He called her a Volvo. What he's like? Oh, you're such do you a know Volvo. what? You've, you're selfish. You've you, you nag all the time. You've stopped me going out with the lads. You are a total and complete Volvo. Yeah, you got it right. What is going on? Well, I'm confused already. Buckle up and let's go in. <laughs> I still remembered the conversation. Early in our relationship, as I filled out some silly online quiz. If I was a car, what type of car would I be, I'd asked. A Volvo, he replied, without Excuse hesitation. me. A, a Volvo, I repeated, wrinkling Steady my Steady and nose. reliable. What's wrong with a Volvo, he'd asked. Volvos aren't sexy. No They're woman not. wants to be a Volvo. No woman wants a man to think of her as a Volvo. Pick a sexier car, something you'd, you yeah. know, to get your heart racing like Morris a Ferrari. Minor. <laughs> Morris Minor. Uh... Get your heart racing like a Ferrari, I laughed, playfully pushing him away. I'd be a bumper car. No, you can't drive that yeah, you can. around town. You can. What car would you be? It'd be driven around town. Yeah, like if you a were... A Fiat Panda. Why? I th- see, this is, this is going to show my horrible knowledge of cars. Why? Oh, I'm literally only listing cars I've ever heard of. I've got no idea. I wouldn't know what a Fiat Panda Genuinely, up, you have to face. answer this properly. What car would you actually I be? I don't know what kind of cars are cars. Saab. You'd be a Saab. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, you're a no, Saab. No, I don't. I think Saabs are quite reliable, <laughs> you're aren't they? <laughs> Hang on, why are you laughing? What do you know I more than know. I know? I just, I, I just think you're a You'd Saab. You'd be a Chiquichenta. What the hell is that? A oh, masquerading as a Spanish something. Oh, no. If you're saying I'm that little zippy Italian. Yeah. Yeah. 23 and me showed that my mum's more it's Italian than Greek. So actually, I'm Italian. Oh Cinquecento. Yes. You're correct. And you're Isn't a Saab. Isn't that Spanish? You're a Saab. I'm not a Saab. <laughs> I don't even know why it's bad to be a Saab. It's, I think are. Saabs are like little... Uh, uh, and met, you know those blokes that sit in the Odeon car park revving their engines and who are they? Well, if you never experienced that before, well, what, what were they about? called? Boy racers. Oh right, like doing donuts around the car. Oh yeah, park. just being dicks. Yeah, Subaru. That's Subaru. another one you are. Subaru. That's what I was thinking about. Not Saab. I thought Saab was Subaru. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, you're, you're sexy, that. cool, and, and bit I'm, dangerous. I'm not sure a Subaru's ever been described as that. Do you know what I'd love to be? I'd like to be the Range Rover that Barbie drives. What? Like a Land Rover. I love those. Have you been to see Barbie yet? Not yet. No, I don't want to fucking see it. I am. Go- I'm taking my mum to see it because she was like, oh, it'll be a bit of fun. So I'll take her for a day out and uh, we'll have a lovely time. Apparently it's rubbish. Well, I've heard, look, it is what it is. I'm like, I'm going knowing it's going to be like, it'll be fine. Probably be a bit I of fun. I just don't like Ryan Gosling at all. Really? Have you heard him talk in interviews? Oh, I like him. Oh, I find him incredibly dull. Do you think he's a bit of a drip? I think he's really boring. I think he's just quite a Yeah, I do bloke. think he's a bit of a drip. A bit wet. Yeah. Anyway, back wet into the story. <clears throat> uh, pick a sexier car, something to get your heart racing, like a Ferrari, I laughed playfully, pushing him away. Nope. Volvos are classy, well-built, and most importantly, reliable. I've said reliable. I said reliable, you did. didn't I? You did. He'd counted. No one wants to be known as reliable. It's boring. I know. But... Well... Carry on. Uh, and most importantly, reliable, he'd countered, pulling me back. 
And who says reliability isn't sexy? I guess I lived up to the classification. Reliably, for 14 years, the lunches were made, the house was cleaned, and our children were cared for. 13 of those years were damn near perfect too, but in the past year, things began to slip. I think my gut knew before my head, but when I found his second phone, I couldn't deny it anymore. And boy, was she a Ferrari. All curves, fake lashes and flawless skin. It's me. (laughs) It's me. Hi. I'm sleeping with your husband, it's me. (laughs) Um, I felt like a coward, but I sat on it for a few weeks, hoping maybe he'd grow tired of her. Maybe we could save us. I couldn't do that. I'd be like, no, I'd be too angry to let it. Do you know what I mean? I'd just to let it mad. fester. You oh. couldn't do that because there's not a chance you could do that. Oh, no way. Immediate um, confrontation. I, came, <laughs> I got home the other night. I got back to Adam's and I was so ready to have a go at him. I saw like there was this, there was this like glass platter and it had loads of white stuff all on it. And I was like, oh, my God, people have been around doing drugs. I can't believe it because I'd gone to mm. bed early that night. And uh, I went and I was like, who's been doing drugs, Adam? Who's been doing drugs in the flat, Adam? Oh God, and he looked up it? and he was like, it was pitter bread and hummus, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> you just went zero to 100. I actually like, didn't. Who are they? I actually didn't. I was like, oh, some woman. Oh, you've been there. Uh, were you up to no good was last it, night? Were you? The flower dusting off a lovely pitter yeah, bread. Yeah, it's exactly what it was. Yeah, it was so. Sure, it was sure, like, Adam. But he looked up and he went, it's baba ganoush and hummus, you mad bitch. <laughs> what a lovely snack. Yeah. It's like, it's like late But like they were snack. all pissed around the house and Adam got yeah, out of need a bit of pitter and It's really nice. <laughs> I thought it was a heroin. <laughs> Sprinkling have to break of heroin. I can't, my, my, my trajectory does not involve um, heavy drugs. No. Baba ganoush only. Yeah. Okay. Uh, boy, was she a Ferrari. All curves, fake lashes, flawless skin. I felt like a coward, but I sat on it for a few weeks, hoping maybe he'd grow tired of her. Maybe we could save us. No one drives a Ferrari as their everyday car, right? Then one night, he came home with papers. Something about needing to take out some investments. He said it was business, but my bet was more fake lashes. We fought, and he was gone when I woke up the next morning. What do you mean, papers? I When I, I read I that out, papers. I thought divorce papers, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess he's saying, like, I've got to go away for a while, business. I don't know. We fought and he was gone when I woke up the next morning. I dropped the kids off at school and went to a car rental agency. Since he only used his phone for liaison messages and unimpressive dick pics, I figured he wouldn't notice the tracking software. I wanted to catch them in the act so I couldn't be in my van. Out of sheer spite, I demanded a Volvo. <laughs> I like this woman. They had talked about her family's cabin, and judging from the direction on the app, that's where they were headed. I caught up to them in no time. After a while, it was just our two cars. I let myself creep close enough to see their silhouettes. I saw her head move down into his lap. I felt my vision blur as my foot pressed the accelerator. I rocketed past them, then slammed on the brakes. He swerved, and I saw the car disappear down the sp- deep embankment. There was no one around, so I backed up and looked down at the mangled wreck below. The smoke quickly turned to gentle licking flames. I saw a bloodied fist bang the driver's side of the window desperately. It became weaker and weaker, then slowly it stopped. Later, after I'd composed myself, I dropped the car back at the rental agency. How did it drive? asked the cheerful agent. A bloodied fist banging the window flashed through my mind and I smiled. Typical Volvo. So reliable. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Listen, if you let things fester up and you hold it in, you will end up, you know, driving your your partner and their lover into an embankment. I think that's fair enough, though. I mean, the the only true justification of that is death. Yeah. I, no, we're with her, aren't we? We're like, good case, on you. Just in case our boyfriends are listening. Yeah, we will drive you into a ditch if you I wrong I will us. murder you. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> do you want a story? I'd love a story, do please. Do you want a story? Yes. La 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 Where is my story? Where is my story? Where is my story? la 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 la. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay. <clears throat> you got a story for me, I Hannah? Have. I'll get straight to the point. I live on the east side of an old-looking apartment complex on the seventh floor. There's an elevator which I normally take on the daily. However, a few days ago there was a notice on the door saying that it's out of service. On the seventh floor? Are you kidding me? I'm moving out. I'm living on the streets now. Mm. My hands were full with grocery bags. Oh, no. And a backpack that felt like, this is the scariest part of the story, <laughs> that felt like it was full of bricks and weighed a ton. So I was quite disappointed having to take the stairs. Disappointed? I'd be absolutely <clears throat> devastated. Candy crushed. Um, oh, well, I told myself, making my way towards the stairs and taking a deep breath. I kept walking up. Each step exhausted me more and more. After a while of walking up the stairs, I noticed that the number plates on each platform wouldn't go any higher than three. It almost seemed as though I was stuck on the third story of the complex. Ah, oh, whatever. I brushed it off and kept making my way upwards. Then suddenly my eyes got a glimpse of something to my right. A shadow of something. Ran on all fours from one entrance to the other. Scuttling. All I could feel in that moment was shivers crawling up my spine as I picked up the pace to get away from whatever might be lurking there. Floor four. I'd been walking for what seemed like hours. The lights would flicker occasionally. I'd hear faint whispering and screeching from behind me, but I wouldn't dare to turn around. I just kept going. Out of nowhere, a warm breeze that almost seemed like a breath touched my nape. I stopped. I couldn't move. I could feel as my muscles stiffen, restricting me from even blinking. That's when I knew fear had swallowed me. All I could do was stand still, repeatedly praying that whatever was behind me would disappear. That's when I heard it. This time, it wasn't behind me, but above me. Mm. I felt a drop of something wet fall onto my forehead, accompanied with a demonic-sounding noise that sounded like it came from the very pits of hell itself. It's the longest sentence I've ever said. Well done. Scared and thinking of all the possible explanations to what it could have been, a broken pipe, a sprinkler, anything, I just decided to slowly tilt my head upwards. Oh, you would, wouldn't you, I suppose? The second I looked up, I knew I shouldn't have. It's pale complexion and distorted face that barely looked like a face, to be honest. Taking on a form of a very malnourished human, yet it looked so eerie. It was gripping to the sides of the staircase hall walls with its elongated limbs, sinking its nails into them, staring right back at me. Taunting me as the seconds passed. Its mouth is something that still haunts me, seemingly torn apart to form a grim smile with sharp yellow teeth that were covered in a ragged liquid, which I'm guessing was blood. Then I realised it had been following me around the whole time I was here. The blood pooling in its mouth was the blood from its victim before me. And now I was next. The only thing its eyes gave off was the feeling of intense hunger, as if it hadn't eaten a single thing for weeks. It was starving and I was the next thing on its menu. That's when I sprinted, dropped everything and ran. I'm not good at getting away in situations. However, I didn't even feel as my hip bone dislocated due to the speed I was running at. Shit. I ran down as fast as I could, straight down the stairs, hoping that I could get away. I could hear the screeching and disturbed sounds coming from the thing that was now chasing me down the staircase. <laughs> to say that I was terrified would have been an understatement. I had never felt such fear fill my body. I have never felt so scared in my life. In these moments, I really thought that I wasn't going to make it. But then I saw the complex building door open and my elderly neighbour walk in. I ran to her embrace, Jesus, frantically trying to explain the situation as she tried to assure me that I was just deprived of sleep. I wasn't. I know that what happened was real. After that encounter with whatever that thing was, I decided to move in with my friend. That day I spent in a na- 
<laughs> that day I spent the night in a neighbouring complex and the next morning went to pick up my things from the apartment with a friend. No way was I going to go alone. I don't know what I saw or what it wanted from me, but I will never be taking the staircase again. That is a, a good moral tale. Do not take the stairway. Don't take the stairs. Always. It's never going to end well. Ghost or heart attack, who knows, but none of them are good. But I really, at some point, want to play that game that involves being in an elevator. And if you the do elevator. a certain... It's in here. Is it? Yeah. I don't know where we're going to do that. I think we need to... Maybe we'll do it in Edinburgh. I think when... Well, by the time people are listening to this, we will have done it. Because we're in I Edinburgh. I will have done Edinburgh, yeah. yeah. So maybe that one I will I hope our up. show is going really well. Maybe our show is going on right now for some people. Ah, oh, I bet it's gone great. Uh, yeah. I bet it's gone great. Isn't that weird? Um, love it. Okay, love would it. you like a story? I'd yeah. love one, please. That's very kind of you to offer. I'm very kind like that. I'm just a good gal. Okay. Quick tarot, quick tarot, quick tarot. Oh. King of Wands. You can't do a quick tarot. All right. You can't. It just breaks the rules. Um, this is quite a goodie. Goodie but a longie. Goodie but a longie. Hit me. We called her Piggy Preggers. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I already can't wait. <laughs> oh, this I is a good story. I am so excited. Just... Guys, get that duvet round, round oh. your ears and get a tea. This is, this is good. I've never been a saint, but I have been a terrible sinner. I'm not looking for sympathy because I deserve none. What I deserve may come for me still. I'm writing this because I owe a debt. And no matter what happens to me, the debt has to be paid. I'm sorry, Peggy. Her name was Peggy. Easily the ugliest girl in school. Jesus Christ, all right. If not the entire town of Oak Grove. She was a bookworm with Coke bottle glasses and a haircut straight out of 1985. Oh, this is so classic. Get an imagination. She also had a terrible stutter. All of us were horrible to her since her family moved to town in third grade. Hannah Stone, my best friend, was the first one to single Peggy out when she was the new kid. She started calling her Piggy. Everyone else just jumped in from there. No one ever really wanted anything to do with her except to make her life hell. Giving Hannah's a bad name. Yeah, Hannah's a mean. I have my share of that. I have to own it. In fifth grade, Simon Lucas was the new kid who just moved to our town two weeks before school started. Peggy was the first person he talked to. He moved in next door to her and he hung out with her for the first two weeks. Peggy finally found a friend. I remember seeing them laughing and riding their bikes together over and over down the big hill on Dawson Street. The first day of school, he even sat with her at lunch, but by the end of the day, Simon realised that he was becoming friends with an outcast, the kiss of death for any new kid. Simon never said a word to her after that day. Peggy was alone again. Jesus Christ. When Peggy turned 16, her parents scraped up enough money to buy her a little car that smoked and rattled down the road. You Ugh. could literally hear it coming from a mile away. Peggy was so proud of that car. I'd be that car. That's that car. Smoke. It's not super Smoked rude. and rattled. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> You've got the Peggy car. <laughs> uh, she was so proud of that car. The innards may have been shot, but she kept it immaculate on the outside. Jeez. There was never a bug in the grill or dirt in her wheels. She would even wipe it down during lunch break with one of those weird cloth things you could well, buy off Okay, she's not helping herself now. Oh, no, Peggy. Like, Peggy, but I Peggy know... Peggy doesn't have friends. She's got nothing else to do. Don't wipe down your car in your lunch break, for God's sake. Hannah decided it would be funny to play a prank. Of course she did. So one night, she stole the car right out of Peggy's driveway. Ah, oh, that's not a prank, that's stealing. It's mean. The next morning, a smouldering husk of what used to be Peggy's car was found in the school parking lot. This is lot. not a prank, it's an actual crime. It's a hate crime. No one was blamed for it and no one was going to be. I'm just playing a prank and murdered him. Yeah, I'm just going to set your car on fire. The town was just as guilty as the school for its disdain of Peggy. I know exactly who did it. There were ten of us, and after we dumped gasoline all over it, Hannah and I both threw a match. I didn't own it then, but I do now. The next day, Peggy confronted Hannah in front of the school. At first, we all assumed that there was going to be a fight. Instead, Peggy burst into tears and just asked, Why? I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about, Peggy. Um. I, I, know, I know it was, was you. P -p -p prove it, bitch. 
Why do you care anyway? That car was an old piece of shit. My, my Jesus, Tyler needs to chill the fuck out. My parents saved it for, for, for four years to buy that for, for, for me. There was an awkward silence. That's when I first started to wake up. That's when I first started to realise that I had an ugly heart. Hannah started laughing. <laughs> it took your parents four years and that's all they could afford? God, you're way more poor than I thought. She reminds me of that woman from the wedding, my arch enemy. <laughs> yeah, it's her. Um, everyone laughed. <laughs> everyone but me and Simon Lucas, we didn't laugh. And we also didn't do anything when Peggy ran away crying. Peggy went back to riding her bike around town, but two months later, someone stole that too. Jesus Christ. It was senior year when Peggy got pregnant. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is like... This is, honestly, it's EastEnders. I'm, like on, a, I'm, on, I'm on a storyline rollercoaster mm-hmm. She never said who the father was, but we all know it was Cody Baldwin. She had a crush on Cody for years, and even though he ignored her, he never really picked on her. I guess that's what made him attractive to her. She was in the right place at the right time, and she finally told him how she felt, and they went to bed together. It meant something to her. He was drunk, and she was there. Cody was a teenage... Cody's a teenage horn dog. Yeah, that was it. That's what it meant to him. He told her as much when she told him she was pregnant. Even though we knew who the father was, for some reason that didn't stop Hannah from starting the rumour that it was her father who knocked her up. Everyone in school picked Hannah! it up and ran with it. Hannah's so fucking mean. Everyone started to call her Piggy Preggers. Oh, also, that's a shit nickname. But it's, it's not hor- very funny. I know, but it's horrible and it's like childhood it's horrid she could have gone on home studies but for some reason she insisted on finishing the year at school with everyone else Hannah even started rumours that her baby was going to become some kind of mutated monster because of incest a hideous thing that would haunt the town someone drew a crude picture on Peggy's locker of the monster baby with two clawed arms and no legs I look back on it now and have no excuse for myself. I was a cruel shadow of a human being who enjoyed hurting something. Who enjoyed hurting someone. I have to own that. What I am amazed by is that by that time, the whole town of Oak Grove seemed to hate her for no particular reason and she knew it. The town othered her and they all loved to do it. Maybe that's why she stayed in school. Maybe she never truly let anyone get to her until the bad day happened. The bad day. The day before spring break... I tried to apologise to Peggy at school just after first first period. She smiled back at me. You feel bad, huh? Little quiet Casey. Well, maybe if you feel bad, you'd you'd stand up and say something next time your little friends gang up on me. Yeah. Yeah, Casey. Yeah, Casey. I thought she was going to be called Susie. (laughs) We could just call her Susie. (laughs) Only an hour later, I saw a group of my friends walking behind Peggy through the hallway of the second floor. Hannah seemed to have had it in for Peggy more than she usually did, and she was trying everything to get under Peggy's skin. She'd made a catchy little earworm that she repeated over and over when Peggy was within earshot. Piggy preggers with her legs up high. Her daddy put it in, let the baby batter fly. Oh my God! That is... You should go to prison for that. That's outrageous. It is outrageous. <laughs> like, the bullying is next level, Hannah. Oh, the baby batter. <laughs> outrageous. Hannah repeated oh, it so, four, four so times. I feel so comfortable. Hannah repeated it four times while she walked behind her, and when Peggy finally got to the edge of the stairs, she turned towards Hannah with a pointed finger. Hannah, you n- n- need to... Don't point your finger at me, Peggy. Ah, poor Peggy. It happened so fast. To this day, I don't know if Hannah meant to push her or it was just an accident. What I do know is that five seconds later, Peggy was face down on the floor at the bottom of the stairs with blood spilling out of her head and somehow, when we were asked what happened, none of us knew. Quiet Casey. She was rushed to hospital. I still remember everyone standing outside the school when she was loaded into the back of the ambulance. Cody Baldwin watched her go in silence. And as the ambulance pulled away, several of us looked over at him. She was carrying his baby, after all. I asked him if he was all right. He jerked round to the sound of my voice like I broke him out of a trance. Oh, yeah, it's just weird, that's all. I always thought she was going to come after me for child support. I think I might have just dodged a bullet. She was in a coma for seven months. Oh, my God. I moved away to go to college, but Hannah kept me in the loop. 
She told me that she heard when Peggy finally woke up, the only thing she asked about was her baby. They told her the baby died in the, the day she fell down the stairs. Oh, this is such a sad story. So sad. Peggy never said another word. According to town legend, her eyes glazed over into a thousand-yard stare that never broke and her mouth upturned into a slight smile. She stayed that way until they finally gave up on her and transferred her to a mental hospital about an hour outside of town. I listened to Hannah telling me the story and there were those little noises and intonations that let me know that she was smiling on the other end of the phone while she was talking. After she was done, I went silent. Why was I ever friends with this person? Why had I been so cruel to someone for no reason? It feels like Carrie, doesn't it? It's got Carrie vibes. Uh, I haven't seen it. (laughs) What? No. (laughs) I'm not really a true horror fan really am I having not seen Carrie no what do you mean I've not seen Carrie Susie this is I think I was going to when I was younger but it looked too scary (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no it's not scary what what is it a similar storyline it's like telekinesis kinesis kinesis what do you mean telekinesis um she gets bullied really really badly oh is it a bully story yeah and then she ends up being able to Matilda Oh, I like that. I might watch yeah, it. It's not. It's a great a film. Patreon watch. Watch. Ah. Oh. Okay. I'm going to announce it because I'm just going to say it now. Okay. Because so I we're doing a new tier on Patreon and it's going to be a watch along. So we're going to watch a film. You watch along with us, and we are going to be doing a reaction mm-hmm. to it. We're gonna we're gonna talk throughout. So if you've already seen the film, yeah. It's best to watch it on its own. If you haven't, you can watch it alongside with us. But we're going to do that. So maybe the first one should be Carrie. It should be. I need an education. I live oh, in a bit. Okay, we're going to have Carrie. We're going to have Coraline. Going to do them all. Yeah. Fab. Okay. Um, why was I ever friends with this person? Why? Why had I been so cruel to someone for no reason? Casey, you still there? Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Okay. Is it wrong that I don't feel bad, <laughs> Casey? Uh. Hello? Yes, it is, you nutcase. Nutcase. I had no words for her. I hung up the phone. I ran to the bathroom and threw up over the floor before I could make it to the toilet. I needed to change who I was. Years went by. My parents stayed in Oak Grove, but I wouldn't go back to visit them. Instead, I'd ask them to come and stay with me. Every time they brought up my old hometown, I was quick to change the subject. One day, I finally got up the courage to tell my parents what exactly happened to Peggy and my, pa- and my part and everything. To my surprise, they shrugged it off. They told me not to worry. Bad things, bad things happen, bad, honey. Bad things has happened. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Bad things has I've happened. I've got a mucky mouth. <laughs> <laughs> bad things has happened. Bad things has happened. <laughs> what are we doing? Bad, <sighs> bad things happen, honey. Bad things happen, honey. As the years went on, I talked to them less and less. I noticed my parents seemed to change for the worse. They were more bitter, easier to anger, and more apathetic towards people in general. Twelve Ooh. years after I left my hometown, my parents were involved in a car accident, and I lost them both. I had no choice but to go back home to settle all of their affairs. Oh, my God. As I drove into Oak Grove, I noticed the state of the town. Everything was run down. Trash everywhere, boarded up businesses, stray dogs. Even the lake where we all used to hang out was a little more than a fetid pond that reeked of dead fish. The people I saw walking around town moved in an aimless way and all the American flags from every porch were ragged and threadbare. The church had burnt down a few years before and the rubble had never been cleared. Most of the oaks that lined the streets were dead or dying. When I finally pulled into the driveway of my old house, I barely recognised it. My parents had always taken care of their home when I was growing up. I'd only been gone for 12 years, but it looked like it had aged more than 30 or 40 without the slightest effort of upkeep. When I went inside, I was met with a home of people who had never thrown anything away. Piles of garbage and newspapers and junk. My parents had been living like animals and I had no idea. I tried my best to clean up. I heard a knock at the door. I never should have opened it. Casey? Hannah looked far older than she should. Oh, she incenses me. Deep lines were set in her brow and there were streaks of grey in her dark hair. She Good. She was also very pregnant. Great. Casey, oh my God, hi. She hugged me as tightly as she could. Hey. Oh, hello. Oh my God. I am Dutch. <laughs> oh, hi there, Casey. Oh my God, Hannah, you're so, you're so pregnant. <laughs> I bought you some chocolate from the Alps. 
you got the gray hair in your, in your hair. So I smoke a marijuana and I both eat a ton of brownie. That's, so I have a that, ride on the bike. A ride on the bike? A ride on the bike. Wow. Um, and Dutch accent leaves a lot to be desired. It sounds Korean. <laughs> <laughs> she was also very pregnant. Casey... Oh my God, hi. She hugged me as tightly as she could manage with her stomach between us. Hi. I didn't know you were in town. I'm so sorry about your parents. She doesn't sound very sorry. No. Thank you. There was a long silence and I realised I had the perfect excuse for not inviting her in. I opened the door so she could see the state of the old house. I'd invite you in, but it's a little crowded in here. Oh, I understand. You come by my place. Have you got a minute? No. I don't know if I can. I got a lot of stuff to do here. Oh, come on, just for a little bit. No. Let's catch up. No. Um. Mm-mm. It's a long story. Her house was worse than my parents, although she didn't seem to notice. The outside was a monument to outrageous neglect. The stairs that led up to her front door were cracked and covered in mould. I didn't want to sit down. There was mouse shit everywhere. She had lost both of her parents as well just two years after high school. She never said what happened and I didn't ask. The more she talked, the more I realised how much I hadn't missed her. Mm. It sounds strange, but I felt this pull inside my brain. Something was trying to make my mind slip back into the old me and I was afraid of it. It was like being back in my hometown town was bringing out the parts of me that I hated somehow. An angry thing that wanted me to grow ugly the way it had. She offered me a drink and I accepted it. I needed it. I was surprised and disgusted that she poured one for herself. She sat down, handed me my whiskey and coke and then sucked down half of hers. Are you sure you should be drinking? Oh hell. It's the only thing that quiets this little bastard down. I think he looks forward to it every night. I'm just starting early today. Jesus Christ. She was repellent. I wanted to leave, but what she said next made me stay. Sometimes I think we broke this town, you know? Like Piggy took this town down the tubes with her. (laughs) Remember Piggy? It's kind of hard to forget. God, what a bitch. Uh, Is she still up at that hospital? As far as anyone knows, she's still blowing spit bubbles and shitting her pants in a bed up there. Jesus Christ, Hannah. (laughs) She's horrendous. Oh, she's awful. Hasn't kept her from cursing this town, though. Cursing? Shit, Casey, look at it. Everything has just been falling apart for the last 12 years, so many people have moved away, but the ones who still live here are either sick or dying. She laughed so hard she jostled something loose in her throat. She snorted, then spat out a green glob onto the cover of an old People magazine. Did you hear what happened to Cody Baldwin? No. He just went nuts. Is he the guy that got her pregnant? Yeah. He just kept telling people he was being followed at night. Well, one night, he was home alone. All the doors locked. He barricaded all the windows and doors with boards and nails. It took the cops an hour to get inside. They found him on his bed. He wrote a note about something trying to get inside of his house to kill him right before he blew his own head off. Oh. That's not even the fucked up part. (coughs) Sorry. She lowered her voice. The gun was found halfway across the room and no fingerprints were on it. She smiled and shot back the rest of her drink. She left me in a state of shock while she got up and poured herself another whiskey. She asked me if I wanted another and I shook my head. Remember Simon Lucas? His brakes went out on the top of that big hill on Dawson Street and he was T-boned by an Amazon truck at the bottom. Died instantly. All kinds of weird shit happens around here. Almost half of our graduating class have all died. Then, uh, why haven't you moved? Well, I own the house outright. I've got an easy job at the hotel and it pays enough. I've got a sweet thing going here. Yeah, I looked around her. Sweet thing she had going on. It was strange. As if the thought of leaving a town that may be cursed was completely alien and and illogical to her. She was delusional. Whoa, ow! I watched her stomach move. Little bastard's thirsty. I'm working on it, you little shit. Oh. Jeez, his dad, his dad up and left two months after I got pregnant, so I'm still working. It's been really hard on both of us. She jumped again. I saw her stomach move twice. It looked like the kid was trying to push his way out right then and there. I've never seen a baby move that much. She told more stories of people and how I, I, who we used to know and how they died horrible deaths, and then she just laughed about it. Is everyone dead? Yeah, it's a cursed town. She was not only content but happy to stay in this miserable place. I had to leave. It was late afternoon, but I needed to try and make things right one more time. 
The mental hospital was an hour outside of town, and as soon as I left my old home behind, I instantly felt better. I inquired about Peggy. The nurse gave me the side eye and spoke to me in a hushed tone. She's not here anymore. Her daddy came and took her back home years ago. Does he still live in the same house he always did? Technically speaking, if you can call staying in that town living, a miserable place full of miserable people. I knocked on the door of Peggy's old house and I waited. It was ridiculous for me to be thinking... It was ridiculous of me to be thinking the way I was. Even if she couldn't hear me, I had to apologise to Peggy that night because I was firm on never coming back again to Oak Grove. The door finally opened and Peggy's father was standing there. Can I help you? Uh, yes, sir. My name is Casey. I know who you are. Miss, you're one of the girls that took my baby and my grandbaby from me. I never forget a face. Sir, I just want to see her if I could. I need to apologise for how I treated her. Well, this is a first. One of you coming back here to try and make yourself feel better for being such a bitch to her? Well, I apologize? <laughs> Why the hell not? You can just kneel there at the foot of the oak in the yard and apologize all you want. Oh, shit. Maybe you can apologize to my granddaughter, too. We spread both their ashes down there. <sighs> She's gone? Oh, sweetie. She died eight years ago. I watched her just waste away in her bed until the end. She was just a shadow of what she used to be. But you didn't ask me if she died. You asked me if she was gone. <sighs> That's a harder one to answer, isn't it? This is so sad, this story. The tone in his voice became more sinister and he smiled. My skin started to crawl. Uh, I'm sorry for your loss and I'm sorry for my part in it. I turned to go back to my car. He grabbed my arm from behind and pulled me round. You were smart enough to get out of town when you did. Much smarter than a lot of the other people. And if you're honest with me, I want to give you some advice. Get out of here before she knows you're back. Oh my God. She's not one to accept apologies anymore. By the time I'd got back to my parents' house and grabbed a few things, the sun was already beginning to set. I wanted to be on the road before it got dark. I'd just got into my car and my phone rang. It was Hannah. Casey, I need your help. What's going on? Please help. Hannah, I have to go. I'm scared. The call dropped. I started driving away. I stopped at the light, just on the edge of town. I was at war with myself. I'd spent the last 12 years trying to atone for being a cold-hearted bitch who helped destroy someone's life, and right then I was leaving town without even checking in on someone who was crying and asking me for help. I turned round and headed back to Hannah's house. The rain was pouring and the streetlights were out on Hannah's street. I had to hold onto the handrail to keep from slipping on the stairs up to her porch. Her door was locked. I could hear Hannah screaming inside. I had to break a window to get in. The smell hit me the second I set foot on her crunchy carpet. Ugh, I hate Hannah so much. Oh, so do I. A putrid stink of rot that wafted through the house. I ran down the hall and found Hannah writhing on her bathroom floor. She was only wearing a pair of boxes and her bra. There was a discoloured, chunky fluid smeared over the tiles and I realised that her waters had broken and she had defecated. Help me, Casey. Oh, God, it hurts. I ran to Hannah and tried to keep her still. I put one arm behind her shoulders to help and held her head up. I got you. I, I'm, I'm going to get help. Just hang on. I called 911 on my phone and told them we needed an ambulance. The operator tried to keep me on the phone, but I let it fall to the floor while I tried my best to hold on to Hannah. Her pupils were completely dilated and her pulse was almost beating through her neck. Her stomach was spasming violently. I could see blood starting to spot her boxes. Casey, make it stop. They're on their way. You're going to be okay. I held on to her as best I could, but she started thrashing so wildly and her skin was so slick, I lost my grip on her. She fell out my arms and the back of her head crunched as it crashed on the tile floor. She stopped moving. Oh my God. Hannah? Hannah? Her eyes were closed and I could feel a faint pulse in her neck. Everything was quiet except for the sound of the rain. I reached for my phone, but I stopped when I heard the front door of the house open. Hello? somebody there? At first, there was nothing. But then I heard the sound of quiet laughter. <laughs> I looked down the hallway, but I could only see a small part of the living room in the broken window I'd climbed through. H Hello? Hello? 
Hannah's stomach started to move again. This time it was moving downward and blood began to soak the front of her boxes. I could hear the laughter again. I picked the phone up and whispered, Please hurry. Miss, just stay on the phone with me. They're on their way. Okay. Something started to move through all the filth in the front room. A bottle fell over. I heard a glass break. Then I heard a small patter. I saw mice, hundreds of them running from underneath the garbage. Hannah whispered my name and I looked down at her worn face. I'm here. Casey. Another voice came from the front room. It was rough and hoarse. Someone was in there with us. I looked around the bathroom for something to defend myself with, and the only thing I could find was the shower curtain rod. I laid Hannah's head back down and slowly stood up. Quiet, Casey. I ripped the rod from the wall and tore the curtain off of it. The hooks clattered to the tile and I held the rod like a bat. I waited. The sound of Hannah's ragged breaths echoed in the bathroom while the pounding of the rain became more intense. I waited and waited. Fuck, it hurts. Fuck, it hurts. Hannah jumped off the floor and stood up. Her eyes were wild and her face was twisted in agony. She ran as fast as she could down the hallway towards the front room. Help me. It's ripping. Blood ran a bright red down her legs and left a trail down the hallway. She disappeared from view, but I could still hear her screaming as she ran out the front door. And then I heard her fall down the front steps. There was nothing but the rain. Hannah? Hannah! My heart was pounding. I got the courage to move forward. With every step, I was convinced that something I didn't want to see was going to come racing down the hall towards me. I eased my way into the front room, but there was no one there. The front door was wide open, and as I walked over to it, I saw Hannah's crumpled body at the foot of the steps. She was already soaked. Everything was dark, so I found the switch by the front door and turned it on. The porch light flickered, and it was dim, but it was just enough light for me to see that Hannah's dead eyes were staring back at me, and her mouth was agape. Her neck was crooked and one of her legs was broken. I could hear the siren from the ambulance in the distance. I kept looking round, making sure that no one was anywhere near me. Quiet, Casey. Someone was standing in the darkness across the street. I tightened my grip on the shower rod. Only a shadow of what she used to be. I saw Hannah's body start to move. The flesh of her stomach was stretching like a balloon that was being inflated and then deflated, over and over. Things inside of her were crushing and popping. Fabric started to rip and then her stomach flattened as something spilled out onto the dark street. Quiet, Casey. I will not describe what crawled out of her body because I don't want to remember it. I watched it crawl, silently and deliberately across the street towards the person in the shadows. The person leaned down, picked it up and cradled it. Oh, God. The ambulance finally rounded the corner onto Hannah Street and I looked towards it with relief, knowing that someone else was coming. When I looked back across the street, the person was no longer there. As the ambulance got closer, the headlights illuminated a trail of filth that led from Hannah's body to the other side of the street. I watched it quickly vanish as it was washed away by rain. I was detained for only one night... It was determined that Hannah's death was an accident and that she'd suffered a late miscarriage due to her fall. When I was questioned by the deputies, I said nothing of what I'd seen. I kept hearing that rough voice from the shadow in my head and for once, I think I did what Peggy wanted me to do. I was quiet, Casey, one more time. I left the next morning and I've never gone back. I wrote this because... Bloody hell, my voice. I wrote this because I need people to know what I did. I owe a debt. I'm sorry, Peggy. Yeah, well, sorry seems to be the hardest word. Sorry seems to be... Great story. I mean... Very didn't, sad. Didn't we say this was going to be a more contemplative it's, episode? Yeah, it's definitely more... Yeah, definitely. Just the, the moral is don't bully Peggy. Don't bully anybody. Or anyone. Everybody, yeah. I hate bullies. Okay, ready for Creep of the Week? Oh, yes, I am. Creep of the week. I've got a very short one today. Oh, yeah. Very short. Very, very, very short. This is from Jason, I believe. I won't say full name, just in case. Um... Okay, thank you so much for sending your story, Jason. Uh, One night, while my brother was sleeping, he was awoken, and when he woke up, he looked around, and there was nothing. He said he'd have one more look, and then he turned, and there was an old lady dressed all in white, staring and giggling at him. He... (laughs) So he pulled the covers over his head and waited and waited. 
He said he looked again, and then she had vanished from where she was stood. He was dripping in sweat, and still to this day, he wonders if she's going to come back. And he wonders, is she attached to him? Like they say, ghosts are. Listen, it's my biggest fear, actually, being attached to a ghost. Houses being haunted is one thing, but if I'm haunted... But if they travel with you. If anybody's haunted, Susie, it's us. I know, it's happening. I feel Thank like... Thank you so much, Also, the, the idea of like a... It's one thing seeing an apparition, the other, it, it's laughing at you. Uh, so again, bullying. It's just yeah, like it's that. bullying, ghost bullying. Yeah, the ghost taunting. Ghost bullying all the time. Yeah, grim. Okay, we're on to the next section of... Readers beware. You choose the scare. Okay, it. I love a goose so throwback. Last week we were mm-hmm. in the carnival. You've got you've chose to go to the midway. You're now yeah. You're now with the fortune teller, Madame Zeno. Um, she's put down a couple of cards. She put down a red and a blue card, and she wants you to turn one over so you can learn your fate. Now, do you want to turn over the red card or do you want to turn over the blue card? Well, I've just spotted myself in that blue jumper. I'm going blue. You're going blue, okay? Yeah, blue, blue, blue. Okay, go to page fifty-nine. Red seems too dangerous. You're dead. No, am I? Definitely look to the page. Also, as this is a more contemplative episode about bullying uh, I think this is yeah I want blue it's my blue period okay yeah I'm ready blue is your favourite colour you turn the blue card over there is a message help us you are our only hope hurry to the back door of the freak show signed the freaks what does this mean <laughs> uh, you ask Madame Zeno she stares deep into your eyes her lips tremble she leans forward she's about to speak and then the lights go out. A blood-curdling scream rips through the dark. You bolt... That was more like a Paris. <laughs> you start to bolt for the door when a dim light suddenly flickers. You stare across the table. Madame Zeno is gone. You reach out to take the card. It bursts into red, hot flames. In seconds, the entire tent fills with thick smoke. Flames shoot across the floor. You run for the door. Outside, you gulp the fresh air. Oh, so I didn't it. pick very well. You didn't pick that well. I don't know. You could have died. You glance back. No smoke. No fire. No tent. Everything has disappeared. What should you do now? Do you want to help the freaks, or do you not want to help the freaks? Help the freaks. Yeah, what? Because the, the the tent is burning. Well, because they said, didn't they send you that message on the card? What? The freaks did. What message? It, on the there's a message. Help us. Your only hope. Hurry to the back door of the freak show. Sign the freaks. Oh, I feel like I don't. What? Know, I don't know where I went to. Maybe I was. What? <laughs> I'm so, what do you mean? I definitely said that. You just went. Oh, okay. And then I did it. So they said you left your message on the back of the. Card. I'm going to okay. help them. I'm so going to help. Just them. Weren't paying any attention. No, I help them because otherwise it's bullying, and we don't agree with that. And I no. want to help them. This is a non-bullying. This episode. is to atone for Peggy. Okay, you've decided to help the freaks. As you race down the midway, you spot Brad and Patty. Listen, guys, you tell them, lowering your voice, we've got a problem, a big problem. I don't know. I sound like a, a man problem. from the forties. Um, you take a deep breath and tell them all about Madame Zeno and the blue card. So you finish saying, someone might need our help in the back of the freak show what's a freak Brad asks nervously it's very much like a moron Brad which is exactly what you are remember the poster we saw when we came in the one with the three headed man and the lady with the snake body you remind him I just want to also say I don't um, approve of the word freaks it is in the book (laughs) disclaimer Brad bites his down on his lip are they really real Sure, they're real. Patty chimes in. I once saw a bearded lady at the circus. Now listen, Patty, I've got a bit of a beard, <laughs> yeah. and I resent that. <laughs> I don't know. Brad says it sounds kind of creepy. Well, Madame Zeno said this was my fate, and I'm going to help them wherever they are, whatever they are. Are you guys in? You bet. Patty answers, her eyes shining with excitement. Okay, okay, I'll go. Brad mumbles. Okay then, let's hurry. You exclaim. Turn to page thirty-five to go to the back of the freak show. We're going to the back of the freak show. Five. Five minutes later, the three of you are sneaking down a dark alley. Brad is so frightened he's practically walking on top of you. The alley is littered with large cardboard boxes and overflowing trash cans, and it smells like dead fish. Hey, oh, the way you said dead fish. Dead. <laughs> sounded fish. really sexy, actually. It was so hot. Hey, quit stepping on my shoe. You say to Brad, "I'm not stepping on your shoe." He shouts back, "I'm not getting anywhere near your stupid shoe." You glance down and nearly scream. Brad's right. It's a rat. He's not stepping on you, but about a dozen rats are. Oh, I knew it. You shake your foot wildly. The rats scurry off. Brad catches sight of the rats and tries to bolt. 
You and Patty pull them back quickly. Hey, look! Patty says, pointing ahead. A door. On the door you see a big sign that reads, Keep Out. So, you go in. And we're going to leave it there for this week. Oh, okay. Keep Out. So, Keep Out, we're going to... So, it doesn't give me a choice. It's just it's leaving No, these last two, you're you're going in. You've got no choice at this point. Wow, R.L. Stein. No problem. Okay. Welcome to our final section of the episode. Mm -hmm. We get haunted. So you don't have to. Okay, Susie, what are we doing this week, Susie? Susie, Well, I thought that, um, again, because this is a more like, um, you know, like we're going inwards. This is like our meditative Mm. episode because it's been a mad month. Here we go. This is our excuse for not coming up with one. No. No, I have. I think this is just a bit more. I'm going to deep dive into your psyche. Oh, yes. Because I I want to know, first of all. I'm gonna read you your um, what? Well, well <clears throat> let me let me just set this shit up. Mm-hmm. I want to know your star sign. Right. I want to know what it says about you. Right. I want to know what it says about your day to day. I think you'll find that I am nothing like my star sign. I think I'm gonna find I'm very that, that is untrue. I do also think that this is a load of bullshit. Um, I'm a Capricorn. Are you mm. okay? Let's let's just in the Capricorn. What are also, you? Well, uh, Virgo, cusp with Libra. Yeah. Okay. So Capricorn. I'm gonna get the horoscope for today, just so you're aware. Great. Um, Hindustan Times. Should we go with what they have to say? Yeah. What? The Hindustan Times. That's where Google took me. All okay. right. Okay. I'm ready. Got the uh, what's it called? Talisman from Richard. Ethel. Ethel. As a Capricorn, you thrive on challenges. And today we'll give you plenty of opportunities to flex your skills. Well, I already fucking have. With the moon in Scorpio, your strategic mind is at its best and you can conquer anything that comes your way. Oh. Just remember to take breaks and prioritise self-care. Balancing work and relaxation will ensure a productive and fulfilling day. Bullshit. Um, I just can't believe you're so bullshit about this. I do not believe this for one second. I believe more Capricorn. Traits. Here we go. Practical, determined, diligent, attention focused, and good with money. They enjoy making things work harder, run better, grow bigger. I'm not very good with money. I actually think this is so you. I'm on cosmopolitan.com, which is a really good source. I bet you go to another go to another one now. Go to another star sign and it will say the exact same thing with different words. They're the hardest workers of the zodiac and love, uh, mu- love nothing more than getting ahead in life. No, this is so you. Ambitious, determined, materialistic and strong. Oh, These are so, materialistic I am. Yeah. I, am, I think this is you. They will keep going when others would have given up 10 miles back. This makes them great. And sexy. Doesn't say that that here, no. Sorry, doesn't say that. This makes them great partners in life as well as friends or collaborators. Oh my God, you congratulations, you made the right decision. They tend to keep small circles but are loyal and supportive of their friends and loved ones. I do keep small, I did say this actually. All of this is Hannah Bitchkovsky in a fucking packet. Kind of. They love creating secure, luxurious nests and living a comfortable, enviable lifestyle. Living well is important to them. Capricorns are born shrewd. They get what makes others tick and they're self-aware of their own good needs. Yeah. No, it doesn't say good needs. I am very self-aware. I'm very aware of, like, my faults as well. Exactly. And I'm very apologetic for them. To get an idea of the classic Capricorn personality traits and types, we need only to look at some of the most famous celebs. Kate Middleton. Oh, my God, I've always thought of you as Kate Middleton. Oh, my God, yes. Michelle Obama. That's you all over. Dolly Parton. Oh, listen. Dolly. Dolly over there. Dolly is my fave. Bradley Cooper, Zayn Malik, John Legend and Liam Hemsworth. Jesus Christ. Hemsworth. Come on, (laughs) me. You're in good company. I'm in very good company there. What a dinner party that would be. Born between 22nd of December and 20th of January. Yeah. You've not told me your birthday. Day. 10th of January. 10th. Yeah. I just think that is so spot on and for you mm. to poo-poo it is mental. I really wish I'd lied. I really wish I'd told you something different. No, that's not in your... Um, Go to another one now. Trait. Go to another one quickly and read it out. Prom- I pr- just pick one at random and read out the traits. Scorpio. Go on then. Oh, that's so weird. Because I was just thinking in my head, if I'm thinking in my head as opposed to not. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking if I was going to lie to you, I would have said Scorpio. 
That's weird, it's isn't freaky, it? That's it's freaky. Lots of coincidences. Scorpio is a strong, enigmatic, independent characters who crackle with an intense it's gig the same charisma. Th- yeah, it's the same thing. They remain unknowable to others because they guard themselves and their private lives fiercely. That's not true. I'd have been like, uh, not true. Yeah, I'm, I'm enigmatic and charming. Um, no, because you're not a Scorpio, so... I wish no. I so wish I'd alive. And then now it's behind a paywall. Um, Cosmopolitan.com don't want me to read right. it anymore because it's lies. Ah, well, um, thank you so much, all of my uh, Capricorn huns out there. Love you loads. Um, okay, so before we head off, we have a live show in Edinburgh on the by... 26th of August. I don't, I don't know if this will be coming out maybe three days before. So if it oh, is... Maybe it will. Yeah, so if there's if, still tickets, okay. If we've come already see us. done the show, if it's after the 26th of August because we're shit at maths, don't bother. Um, <laughs> but we have, we will have a show on the 31st of October, which is Halloween, and we will have the ticket sales out by now. So go and find us. It'll be on our Instagram. They'll be everywhere. Go and buy a ticket to come and see us at Halloween, please. It's going to be stunning. We're going to do some hauntings. We're going to have a lovely time. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you so much. We love you. Thank you, Hans. As ever, please sign up to our Patreon. It's £4.50 a month for so much content. You won't even know what to do with us. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye until next time. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.